0: I'll do it. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. On to week 17, which for the first time ever is not the final week of the regular season. It's still going to take some getting used to, but there are now 18 of these in the NFL regular season, and the 49ers may have to win both of their final two games to make the postseason. They can also theoretically clinch here in Week 17 while they play the Houston Texans, and that is contingent on New Orleans losing to the Carolina Panthers while the 49ers beat Houston. So if those two things happen, the 49ers can clinch. If well, one of those things doesn't happen, well, then the 49ers have to move on to Week 18 for a showdown against the Rams in L.A., and that would probably generate similar types of stress as that final week of the 2019 season. But one step at a time. It's 49ers-Texans this week, and Jimmy Garoppolo probably won't play. I think we could say that right now. He hasn't practiced on Wednesday and Thursday. So probably we'll see Trey Lance start against the Houston Texans team that isn't very good. They're 4-11, and but there's a big asterisk there, Matt. They're coming off their biggest win of the season, and that was against the Chargers last week. So uh, everybody in the NFL is dangerous. Everybody is vulnerable. 49ers know that very well. What's going to happen this week when a former Stanford quarterback makes a homecoming, Davis Mills? He's coming into Levi Stadium, helming a Texans team, coming off his best career game.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, that's sort of the most interesting dynamic of it um, because you've got two rookies likely going against each other, uh, one guy's been starting for most of the, the season. I think Davis Mills is making his 10th start. He was a third round pick out of Stanford uh, against uh, the guy who's coming from the, the opposite end of the, the spectrum as far as uh, kind of a quarterback apprenticeship. Uh, Trey Lance, he's been, you know the, the backup uh, started one game when Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt. but it's this sit versus stardom. Um, dynamic here, and it's going to be really interesting because Davis Mills has been good. I mean, he's had some stinkers in there um, that you would expect from a rookie that's on a very, very um, talent barren team, I guess you would would describe it. Trey Lance has a much better team around him, but Davis Mills has more experience here, Uh, and that's what's going to be really interesting going into this game. Dennis, I'm just going to read you what uh, Davis Mills' line was against the the, the Chargers, twenty-one to twenty-seven, two hundred and fifty-four yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, spread the ball around to, to seven receivers. I, I watched that game. He looked good. I mean, he looked like a looked like a veteran quarterback. So to me, that that's a, a very very interesting um, piece of this game we're going to watch on Sunday. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and you know the one thing that Davis Mills has going for himself is that he's got the experience, like you said. I mean, he's been able to get in football games, uh, win football games, uh, and get to and get to learn, you know, how to play in the NFL. You know, that that full game time speed. Uh, Trey Lance, on the other hand, you know, we saw him against the Cardinals that uh, that that start when Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt. And you know, he didn't he didn't do bad bad. I mean, he kind of gave us kind of what we know he's about. He ran the ball a lot. He took a lot of shots. Uh, hasn't learned how to slide yet. It's only because he hasn't played in enough football games. So, you know, Davis Mills has the advantage even though he's he's a rookie, a lower lower draft pick than than Trey Lance, but he's got the experience and experience in the NFL is everything. Game time speed is everything. So, it's going to be interesting. I saw the the press conference. I think it was yesterday or Wednesday, and uh, you know Jimmy Garoppolo sounds like you know he's saying don't don't rule me out. I plan on playing in this football game. So you know we'll see what happens uh, on Sunday if, if he's up, if he's going to start. If not, what a great way for Trade Lance to come in. If you can come in, you can beat the Texans, a team that's going to be playing you know for fun, just just doing it, just trying to play the spoiler, coming into football, nothing to really lose. Uh, to continue to build, you know, their 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 game tape for other teams to look at particular players. So Davis Mills has a great opportunity. Trey Lance has a great opportunity. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how it plays out on Sunday. It's kind of exciting a little bit because I think the fans have been waiting for for this. And, and you know they're talking about when Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick and all that stuff. But wouldn't it be awesome if Trey Lance comes in and he just handles the Texans and and uh, 49ers are able to secure Uh, a playoff berth that that would just be it'd be incredible the fan the fan base would just go crazy so Sunday's going to be an interesting game it's going to be exciting um and you know we always say the most important game but I think for sure this is the most important game because you don't want to go into the Rams week 18 and you got to beat the Rams you know in LA I mean that's going to be tough they could be playing for you know for seeding who knows so Uh, This is definitely the most important game the 49ers have this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, Kyle Shanahan said every single game from here on out is the playoffs for us. The playoffs have started. As far as the Lance and Garoppolo thing goes, I think it's going to be a fascinating look at how the playbook for Trey Lance has evolved in 11 weeks because we haven't seen him at all on the game field since that week five matchup against Arizona. And in that one, Kyle Shanahan completely changed the offense. Trey ended up running that ball 16 times. He wasn't impressive from the pocket. He, I thought he was really impressive when it came to the heart that he showed in that game. There was that one play where he kept on trying to run even without a helmet. I mean, that was impressive stuff. I thought the 49ers rallied around him, but he was still really raw, really rough around the edges. Really, that just followed the scouting report of Trey Lance to to a T in that game. So... How much progress has been made in between then and now? And if Trey Lance does start on Sunday, I think our biggest tell, our biggest clue, is going to come from how Kyle Shanahan calls this game for him. Because against Arizona, Kyle Shanahan felt that's what he needed to do to give the 49ers the best chance to win. It wasn't sustainable. Uh, for Trey Lance's health. Obviously, he was hurt after that game after running so many times. And we already know it's not sustainable to just run your quarterback all the time in the NFL. You ultimately have to be able to have him deliver from the pocket. So, will Shanahan have a more sustainable game plan in place because he feels Trey Lance can execute it? And Matt, based on what 49ers players have been talking about this week, that sounds promising. They say that over the past month or so, Trey Lance has taken a step forward as far as that pocket-based passing game, that he's not just tucking and running it anymore at practice, he's actually sitting back there starting to trust himself with some of the throws that are required to win at the NFL level. And I think you know that is the operative key in Trey Lance's development, because the playbook will be different for him than it has been for Jimmy Garoppolo or other pocket 49ers quarterbacks, but it can't be as different as it was in week five. Shanahan's going to have to find this hybrid that accentuates his, you know, timing system play action all this, all that and also highlights Trey Lance's ability to escape the pass rush with athleticism. Can they find that sweet spot on Sunday?
1: Yeah, this has been uh pump up Trey Lance week. I mean, all of the defensive players, all the coaches have just gushed over how good he's looked in practice, but it's been practice. I mean, he's been running the scout team. Uh, so you know, when they play the uh, the Seahawks, he's Russell Wilson. When they play the Vikings, he's Kirk Cousins, which I'm sure is a really great um, you know learning experience for a young quarterback. What he really hasn't been doing is running the 49ers offense. And I, I asked Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator, about that, and he noted that you know th- there are only so many plays that all of these teams are are running. Uh, so even when he's doing the Vikings offense, he's, he's, he's uh, they are running plays that are in Kyle Shanahan's playbook. They just call them something different. Or the timing might be a little bit different. And it's up to Rich Scangarello and McDaniel to sort of uh, fashion it in a way that uh, it's applicable to the 49ers offense. So, you know, it, it's, it's a test of uh, Trey Lance for sure. It's also a test of these coaches to see whether they can kind of adequately prepare a guy for a game who really hasn't been, you know, uh, practicing with uh, his own team's offense all season long. Um, like I said, the, the praise, Dennis, has been sky high. Uh, and, and David's right. I mean, the, the big takeaway is that he's not relying on his legs in practice, he's, he's moving inside the pocket, he's doing Shanahan like things. And he's also being aggressive with the ball. Um, coming out of that Cardinals game, he had a very kind of slow snap to release time. Uh, well over three seconds. The average is two se- seconds and something. I forget what it is. But he's been among the slowest guys, just one game. But um, that's got to speed up. And so the question is, between that game and this game, how much has ha- can we expect him to have accelerated. it uh, because I think that's going to, you know, go a long way to deciding maybe not the outcome, but certainly how he looks in this game and uh, how much he's used going
2: forward. Yeah. And you would think week 17, I mean, you, you've gotten better. You, you've had to get better. I mean, that, that's just the, the way it kind of works in the NFL. You have to get better. You know, I know he had a couple weeks with, you know, with, with that knee injury uh, after the Cardinals game, but you know, you just got to get better. You're supposed to get better. Uh, and that's why you're in, you're in the NFL, and especially as as a quarterback. And it's good to hear that he's you know he's he's turning heads at practice, having these great practices. But like you said, it's practice. Um, there's no game time speed. There's no game time reps. So you know it's going to be interesting to see what how Kyle Shanahan does it. It makes me think that Cardinals game was at the game plan was it a game plan for him to run the ball uh, as much as he did, or was it just that he didn't trust his arm or he didn't trust what he was seeing. You know, down the field, and that's going to be the biggest test. I mean, that's how you improve in the NFL. Things start slowing down. You start seeing things develop. You start throwing receivers open. And let's face it, he's going to have to have a lot of help. I mean, he's got a lot. Of, he's got to get a lot of help from a lot of his, a lot of the superstars, the big time guys on this offense, and especially on the defense. The defense has got to help him out. The defense has to play up to potential the way that we we were used to seeing the 49ers play short fields for the offense special teams have to help him uh, and he's got to help himself and And i just hope that all this hype about him in practice running scout team or running whatever he's running out there is true and he's learned kind of how uh folks are trying to defend him you know how uh defensive backs want to bait him and he's got to trust his arm he's got to trust what he sees he's be able to be decisive because, you know, you just can't, you can't run the ball 16, 17, 18 times for a quarterback. Quarterbacks just aren't built for that. Uh, and once you get to the secondary, the second level, those linebackers love to hit a quarterback. And in that game against Arizona, his slide, it ain't too sweet. He's going to get himself hurt out there again. So it's going to be an interesting to see, like I said, has he developed? Uh, has he become, you know, a better read guy? Has he become a better thrower? And the bottom line is, it, it, does he have the confidence to start in this very important football game and trust what he sees and and lean on some of his playmakers on the offensive side.
0: Well, they're going to be facing a beleaguered Texans team that still has a ton of guys on the COVID list. Uh, You know, it's just hard to keep track of around the whole league. Who's going to be coming off? Who's going to be staying on it? The 49ers have one of their own third punter Mitch Wisnowski on the COVID list, but there seems to be a chance that he'll test negative a couple times before Sunday and and get back out there. It's a mess at this point around the league. And for the Texans, three of their four starting defensive linemen are currently out either due to the COVID list or uh, questionable due to, to, to injury. And that really, that defensive line is one of the comparative strengths of this Texans team. Uh, it's bad across the board, but they have been able to generate some pressure against opposing quarterbacks. And funny enough, Charles Amenahu, one of the 49ers defensive ends, he actually started the season with the Texans before a trade came down right before the deadline. So there is some talent in that D-line room, especially if it plays against the 49ers on Sunday. Uh and that makes passing obviously a little bit dangerous. If they can get after the passer if regardless of whether you have an injured Jimmy Garoppolo or a rookie Trey Lance back there, uh, the Texans are able to win at the line of scrimmage when they are healthy. And, and last week, they gave Justin Herbert trouble even when they weren't healthy. So that's something for the 49ers to keep an eye out on. And it's also something where you consider that the Texans have not been as good against the run. So I think regardless of... Who starts at quarterback in this game? It's going to be a game where the 49ers really want to hand the ball off to their backs. Elijah Mitchell, I think, will be back. Jeff Wilson is still running well. I think those guys are going to be featured in this game plan. And Remember, Matt, the last time that we saw Trey Lance, he did not have George Kittle. He did not have Jeff Wilson and Elijah Mitchell was on a pitch count against Arizona. So it should be a much fuller stable this time around if Lance does start against a much weaker opponent.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, we've been making a big deal with Trey Lance this week, but this was Elijah Mitchell's first week of practice since that December 5 game against the Seahawks, and uh, I think he's still kind of working his way back. He seems uh, a little bit... Um, uh, just a little bit slowed down uh, to me, um, it, which I think is expected after missing more than three weeks. Um, but, uh, so I, I think it'll be Jeff Wilson with, with some Elijah Mitchell, but you're right. I mean, um, you can make the argument that that offense is, is starting to come together, uh, more so than it, it has, um, all season really. Because at the beginning of the season, uh, we, we didn't know what was going on with Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Kittle got that calf injury right away, and then it started to get worse uh, over the first three games. Uh, you, you noted the uh, the the uh, I- issues at running back, but all of those groups um, seem to be coming together well. So uh, I think that's a big deal. Um, I don't think that uh, <laughs> the 49ers, a team that lost to a... Uh, uh, a group of Cardinals backups earlier this year can take any team lightly, no matter who's in the lineup. And that, Dennis had brought up something earlier. Uh, you know, the the Texans are are playing for fun. They've got nothing to lose. They can go out and play loose. And I, I'm just wondering, Dennis, when when you were playing, you guys always had something at stake. Uh, always in the playoffs. Do you remember playing teams that that had? Um, you know, nothing real, really to play for at the end of the year. And did did those teams tend to, to play loose and fast and play you guys well? Or were they just kind of romps there in, in the 1990s?
2: Well, you know, in the 90s, with the 49ers, every time a team came into Candlestick or, or we were on the road, it kind of felt like it was a Super Bowl because the 49ers were in town. And, and we always got, you know, no, no matter what time of the year it was, we always got the best that the team could offer. and and it, it was always, you know the first half, we kind of had to kind of kind of break the will of a lot of these teams because they would come in and they would think, hey, this is a 49ers, this is the you know the, 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 the team to beat. So it was always it was always a, a high, intense physical game as I remember. And then in the second half after you know, Jerry's put a couple touchdowns up, Ricky Waters has ran all, all over the, the defense. And then the confidence is kind of broken, but we always got the best. There was never a, it was never a situation where where a team came in and said, you know, listen, we're going to lay down because of the 49ers. If anything else it was like, you know, we, we're we're up. We're fired up for this game. Now there was a there was a couple times when, you know, we we had to play spoiler. I I can't remember what year it was, but we we did go 10 and 6 and we didn't get in the playoffs. But there at the end of the season there there was a couple teams that we were just kind of we're beating up on them. They're, they're playing for uh, placement in the playoffs, and we're beating up on them. So that was always fun, knowing that we can just go out and get after people uh, and just have fun, just run around. And it, it was it kind of reminded me of high school. High school football, you just kind of run around. You're doing it for the cheerleaders. You're doing it for your parents. You just kind of run around having fun. And I do remember that season. I don't know what season it was, but we were just running around and having a real good time, talking a lot of, a lot of head on the field, uh, just getting after people, and that and that's always fun when you when you know that you you know you really have nothing nothing to lose. Uh, you know the 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 film is just going to be fun to watch. Uh, the pressure's not there. Uh, the 49ers have a lot of pressure on them, a lot of pressure on them come Sunday, uh, and if they can't get the job done, then even more pressure. The following week against the Rams, but there's just something about going out and playing and having fun. It almost feels like a preseason football game. You just go out there and you're just running around and just having fun playing football. So, you know, I was lucky enough that you know we were we were bidding, except for that one year for a playoff berth and we're always playing for that bye week. So every every game was just serious, and and teams always took it serious. But like I said you can take the confidence out of a team if you go in and you play clean, efficient football, put some points on the board, you know, stop the opposing team from scoring, uh, and then second half come out and then you can kind of play your football game. Eat up the clock uh, and, you know, on defense, just, you know, pin your ears back and rush the quarterback. So this is an opportunity for the team to do that. And you talk about some of the weapons, you know, George Kittle's back. Brandon Ayuk is playing great. You got Debo in the backfield that's going to help your running game. Elijah Mitchell's coming back. So, you know, Jeff Wilson Jr., I mean, you have a lot of things that you can lean on. And I think, I, I just hope that Kyle Shanahan puts a game plan together that helps this, that helps this kid out a little bit. Because, you know, I, I still don't know if he, he trusts his arm. I think he trusts his legs more than he does his arm. Uh, and, you know, you talk about this defensive front. I mean, I can guarantee whoever's out there, second team, third team, they're, they're, they're going to be pinning their ears back because they know if they can make this team one-dimensional and make this rookie, Trey Lance, beat you with his arm or his legs, then they have a chance. So that's going to be the challenge. Kind of take the confidence out of this Texans team early.
0: Let's uh, change gears a little bit and just zoom out and talk a little bit about the the potential playoff picture because – We did a bit after the game on Sunday, but we were looking stuff up while we were doing it. I mean, we were kind of scrambling because first we wanted to see if the 49ers would beat the Titans. But then when they didn't, it got a whole lot more hairy for the 49ers. It got a little bit confusing. And it's going to be frenetic here entering these final two weeks. And after doing some research, I even got to write an article about it. On Monday before the Saints game, uh, I have a bit clearer understanding of all these moving pieces. I mean, it's like speaking a different language. So I'll try to make it as simple as possible. But the Saints did lose on Monday, and that did help the 49ers playoff chances, but they're not totally out of the woods yet. So, in you know, the simplest way to put it is that losing to Tennessee stripped the 49ers of controlling their own destiny. They could have theoretically won out, beaten both the Texans and the Rams after that loss to the Titans, yet still missed the playoffs. But with the Saints losing on Monday, the 49ers now again control their destiny. So if the 49ers win against the Texans and then turn around and win against the Rams, they'll be in the postseason, no questions asked. The problem, of course, is they can theoretically lose one of those two games, and that Rams game is probably the more likely one to lose. The problem is that that Rams game would be the more damaging one to lose if the 49ers don't clinch this weekend, if they don't get outside help. And Matt, the biggest threat to the 49ers right now is a potential three-way tie for that final seed between the 49ers the eagles and the saints and i'll say this very briefly just to, to make it concisely make sense the 49ers own the head-to-head tiebreaker and uh, tiebreaker against the eagles so they'd win a two-way tie but if it moved to a three-way tie where they don't own the tiebreaker against the saints The 49ers would would be the final team in that three-team cluster because of a number of tie-breaking rules that I won't get into right now. But the bottom line is they need to avoid a three-way tie at all costs with the Eagles and Saints because it, it gets ugly if that happens. But if they just take care of business, they'll be in the postseason.
1: Yeah, they could really use a Saints loss <laughs> on Sunday. The Saints are, are hosting the Panthers, and I'm sure they're they're rooting for Ian Book to make his second straight start because he <laughs> that guy he did not look. Lot. Yeah, I, and, and poor Ian Book. Uh, no, nobody expected him to play this year, and uh, he was playing behind uh, a team that was uh, you know decimated by COVID, uh, but uh, he just looked uh, helpless back there. And and what's kind of uh, interesting slash uh, concerning for the 49ers is that I, I was talking about the um, the speed at which Trey Lance in that start against the, the Cardinals from the, the point of the snap to when he let go of the ball. He was really slow compared to every other quarterback in the the league. So slow, in fact, that there's only been one quarterback who's registered a longer time this season. And it was Ian Book uh, against the Dolphins. So um, that's all got to speed up. I think that's been kind of number one in the minds of uh, Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, Rich Scangrello, the the quarterback's coach. It's seeing all that improve and, it, and it's not mechanical it's it's uh, it's the processing of it all and you expect that from a rookie and some of these other rookies have been slow this year too what you've seen though is those other rookies the Justin fields Mac Jones was never really in this category um, uh, the, the Jets quarterback you've seen that uh, improve uh, game by game as the year go- years gone years going on uh, and that's what uh, the 49ers need to see from from trey lance you know one one thing that i didn't know about guys and this is a possibility is that that week 18 game in los angeles if it's compelling enough the nfl has the option of bumping that up to saturday so it's possible that game gets played one day earlier than we think it is and uh i wonder whether that would be a nice advantage for the 49ers if uh, you know they go into that game it's on saturday uh, they either win it or things happen that they get into the playoffs. And then they have an extra day of rest, of preparation for whatever the uh, the wild card game is. Um, but uh, I didn't know that that was a wrinkle, uh, but that's a possibility moving forward as well.
0: Got to change my flight plans if that happens. Yeah, exactly.
2: I don't know how the playoffs and who wins and, and all this stuff, but is it possible that the 49ers could, if they beat Houston this week, uh, go down to L.A. and, you know, pull out that game, could they play the Rams in the wild call? Yes. card game? yes. Oh, yes. my goodness. We could oh, see goodness.
0: back-to-back 49ers-Rams games at SoFi Stadium. And that that obviously would be interesting on so many levels. We don't know if the Rams are going to be going all out, playing everybody in Week 18 yet. The Rams probably don't even know that yet, right, because they still have to clinch, do all this and all that. But if, if it's 49ers-Rams – going all out against each other in two straight weeks. That opens up this huge can of worms as far as what do you hold back one week? What do you show the next week? In 2012, I was covering college football. Stanford and UCLA played in the final week of the regular season, and then they played six days later in the Pac-12 championship game. And UCLA ran a completely different offense the second time they played, six days later. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Now they lost both games, but they they were much closer to beating Stanford in the second game because Stanford for the first half just didn't know what they were running. And I think, you know, probably nothing that drastic would happen. But De- Dennis, I'm sure you've been in situations as a player where, where you guys play a team pretty close to, to when you last played them. Schematically, like the coaches have got to be doing a lot of stuff to keep it fresh in those situations, right?
2: Yeah, I can remember a time, but I can't remember what team it was. But... As far as defense goes, it, it's kind of it's kind of an easy game plan. I mean, you get after get after the quarterback, you stop the run. It's it, it's basic. It's not rocket science. But yeah, on offense, you know, you, you got you got so much on tape, and you know, once you go, it, it's a whole different vibe, a different environment. Playoff is is hard to even explain uh, in the National Football League because it's it's one and done. You know, I mean, you, you're you're trying to get to a championship. It's not like baseball or basketball or or hockey where you play four or five games and, you know, a series and, you know, the winner of the series continues, goes on uh, throughout the playoffs. Football, it's, it's one and done. And uh, so it, it's it's a whole different vibe. Uh, and, you know, you don't want to show everything you got. I, I can't think of the year we played, you know, a team back to back, but uh, it, was, it was a whole different type of practice. You know, the, the things that were going on in film study was totally different. But it at the end of the day in the game, it just it becomes the same thing. I mean you you, you have to play good clean football. Uh, you know you you have to own defense, get after, like I said, get after the passer, stop the run, stop the team from scoring an offense. you gotta put points on the board. So yeah, it, it would make it it would make it really interesting and and but I think the 49 ers I just hope that they're focused on this game and not not worry about what Philly's doing, what what the uh, what the Saints are doing. Uh, I can remember, you know, being in a locker room and usually you kind of have the TV on watching other games, you know, while you're getting dressed, the earlier games. Uh, and I remember one year, Coach Seifer turned all the TVs off because he didn't want us to know, you know, if we were in the playoffs or or if we had, you know, if we had already clinched and things like that. So, you know, stay focused on the football game, as they say, the 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 job at hand uh, and and then just win. I mean, that's it. You just got to win football games. You got to win at least one more football game. If you don't win it, you got to win another football game. So, and that's the way it works. Game to game and just getting ready for that particular game. But, I mean, if they can make it to the play, I mean, the the vibe in the playoffs, guys, it, it's hard to explain. It's intense. I mean, the entire week is just intense. And we used to always go to Arizona because it was always raining uh, in the Bay Area during playoff times. We would go to, to Arizona and practice at their facility and just be away from everything. So it's kind of like training camp again. So it's it's a pretty cool thing. But you got to win the football games that are ahead of you to get the opportunity to get into that environment.
1: Well One way that uh, Shanahan could keep it fresh if, if they played the Rams back-to-back is by sprinkling Trey Lance in. I mean, doing the very thing that we expected them to do to begin the season. Um, and, you know, if Lance plays well... Against the the Texans, I think that just that just gives him another kind of bullet in his holster that that he could do that. Um, now you know he's he's shown that he he doesn't like doing that. Uh, he's talked about uh, getting out of rhythm when he's had to kind of juggle two quarterbacks. But I just wonder whether that becomes uh, an option. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I grew up in the Washington D.C. area, and one of the kind of famous stories there is that. You know, the Redskins uh, went through a full season uh, with a, a certain group of running backs. And then in the Super Bowl, they they, they broke out a guy named Timmy Smith that nobody ever, had ever heard about. Uh, and he was such a surprise to the Denver Broncos. I forget what his line was that day, but had a monster day in the, in the Super Bowl. And then you never heard from the guy again. But my point being that you bring out sort of a... A surprise player, a guy that nobody's prepared for, and um, you know that that can do a lot of damage. It's just uh, another uh, another weapon in what seems to be, like I said, David, a, a growing arsenal of uh, offensive weaponry that uh, that Shanahan ha- will, will be able to work with. Uh, Come January.
0: And you know what? We speculated a few weeks ago when Trey Lance was in the midst of that long stretch of not playing, which technically isn't isn't over yet, but no. probably will be soon. Uh, we speculated that Kyle Shanahan might be holding back a little bit for when the games really, really, really matter. Maybe he could sprinkle Trey Lance in and give the 49ers a boost because that was an idea that Shanahan indisputably was enamored with. In the preseason and in the offseason, I mean, John Lynch told the story about Kyle Shanahan on the way home from Justin Fields Pro Day, drawing up plays for Trey Lance on his iPad on the private jet. And then Kyle Shanahan talked about it during training camp, talked about how he wanted to view the quarterback position as another receiver room, as another running back room where, you know, having more talent is better because you could tailor uh you know your playbook around your quarterbacks and i'm saying quarterbacks in plural skill set and then all of a sudden after trying it a little bit early in the season cal shanahan abandoned it and he said well it was too hard for me to get in a play calling rhythm okay fine fast forward to now one of your quarterbacks is going to be compromised by injury for several weeks because we now know for certain that jimmy garoppolo's torn the ucl ulnar collateral ligament in his thumb So whether or not he's able to play is a separate question, but we do know that he's going to be compromised. He's at least going to be in some kind of pain for several weeks. This is a, what, a four to six week injury. So even with a healthy Garoppolo, we speculated that maybe Shanahan was just giving Trey Lance some more seasoning and that he'd spring him in there at just the right time situationally with a hurt Garoppolo. uh, Even if Jimmy's playing, it seems to me that 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 would be a more likely possibility. Now, I'm not speaking with any behind-the-scenes knowledge. I'm just talking putting all the puzzle pieces together. And the puzzle pieces tell me that Kyle Shanahan was intrigued by this idea a few months ago, and he might be intrigued by it again given the circumstances now.
2: What game was it where he kind of had Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo running? Was that the Raiders preseason or something preseason like
0: that? The preseason game, yeah. Those yeah. were three of the preseason where he was just mixing and matching. Maybe that that you know management will come in handy with Jimmy hobbled or not hobbled with his thumb, you know, not really attached <laughs> correctly by the ligament. Maybe that's going to come in handy uh, during the postseason. Maybe there's going to be a drive at Lambeau Field where they need to mix and match quarterbacks, and uh, who knows? Maybe week three will come back around.
2: If you can pull that off, do you understand what that does to a defense? I mean, even if even if you practice. For a Trey Lance, and then all of a sudden you got a a pocket passer like Jimmy Garoppolo that throws off everything. And then you know once you get adjusted to that, then you have these few plays when a guy like Trey Lance comes in. I mean, I I, I don't understand the the play calling rhythm. Uh, you know, we talk about Kyle Shanahan and what a genius he is. It seems like it seems like it'd be something simple to do. You've got these two opposite quarterbacks and just kind of blend them in. Uh, I would love to see that on Sunday. I, I think that'd be exciting. I think I think all during the season that would have been a great way to get, you know, Trey Lance uh, some some game time rep. So, you know, it, it'd be great to see that. I think I think Kyle Shanahan probably he's been thinking about it. It's just that he can't get a healthy quarterback. I think Trey Lance goes down. Jimmy Garoppolo continues to get hurt, and then Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo starts playing really well. So. I think I think it's a good idea. I mean, if Jimmy Garoppolo's thumb is hurting that bad, you know, it sounds like he wants to play from this press conference, of course. And he's an athlete, he's a professional athlete, he wants to play. But I think it would be groovy if you can if you can pepper in both of these guys in this football game. It would throw this Texan. Not a very good Texan's defense. It would just throw them off big time.
1: Yeah, but would they want to reveal it this week? I mean, that would be something. I think you
0: could beat them without it.
1: Yeah, right. You know, that would be something to awesome to break out in week 19, the the first week of the playoffs. I mean, I think it is notable. You know, It's hard to figure out all season long, going back to the offseason, what – Shanahan is really thinking what he's really saying with all this. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that, you know, asked about Jimmy Garoppolo and his thumb and whether he needs surgery. The answer was no, he doesn't need surgery right now. Um, you know, he said that a couple of times, uh, which sort of suggests that it, it, it might be something he has to have down the road um, and there have been other quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford, for example, who have played with it. But the point is that you know it, it's affecting you. It's affecting how you throw. Um, and and Jimmy Garoppolo acknowledged that, and and so um, he's now kind of dealing with that limitation too, uh, and and probably will be. It, it sounded as if Kyle Shanahan was confident that uh, uh, Garoppolo would be back for the the Week 18 game against the Rams. But is it 100% Jimmy Garoppolo? And if it's not 100% Jimmy Garoppolo, does that make Shanahan more inclined to lean uh, six plays, ten plays? I don't know what the answer is. More heavily on on Trey Lance going forward. Um, It it kind of makes the the end of the season really, really even more intriguing, more drama-filled than what it would have been.
2: Yeah, and we start the season off talking about quarterbacks. Yep. You know, we've been talking about it since, you know, Trey Lance was drafted. What was going to happen? What's going to – who's going to be the starter? Will it be Jimmy Garoppolo? Will it be Trey Lance? Uh, We've talked about it the entire football season. Here we are going into Week 17, and and we're still trying to figure out who's going to be the 49ers quarterback. So, you know, it's – you know, I'm sure the fans are frustrated. It's like that Christmas toy – that you got, but your your parents say you can't play with it for, you know, six months, you know, and every, everybody wants to see this kid and see what he can do if this is going to be the future. So I, I think, you know, he, he gets the opportunity. If he gets the opportunity come Sunday, I hope he, he takes full advantage of it and hope he takes advantage of, you know, the skilled players he has around him and, and lean on them. Uh, but it's so important for him to get into the football game and get some reps, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, that's one of the many things that we're going to be tracking here over the final two weeks. I mean, th- it was just such a dramatic week on social media, dramatic Christmas on social media regarding that Trey Lance-Jimmy Garoppolo situation because, it, you know, we we were on, what, on Thursday after the game and then all this stuff went down. The 49ers didn't hold any media availability on Friday, because of Christmas Eve. And then Shanahan had a conference call on Monday instead. So that's when the Garoppolo injury news first came down. And Matt was actually at practice on Monday, and he noticed that Jimmy wasn't there. So so credit to you, Matt, first for, for being on that. But then all of a sudden we get Kyle Shanahan talking about a stump sprain, and Jimmy's going to try to play on Sunday. But then Rappaport and Schefter minutes after the press conference ending, talking about a torn ligament and a fracture. Then Shanahan coming back on Wednesday saying, well, the fracture doesn't concern me. That's why I didn't say that it was a fracture because it was just a a tiny fleck of bone uh, peeling off with the ligament tear. I mean, just a roller coaster up and down, up and down. People totally ruling Garoppolo out of everything on Monday and then pull back to the middle on Wednesday to the point where I think it's likely that Lance goes now, but the window for Garoppolo will be open uh, after this week, but anyway, uh, you know, what do you make of the entire roller coaster, including, of course, the 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 Twitter scandal with John Lynch liking a tweet accidentally in church?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's par for the course. This is the way it's been all year long. I mean, we started out the the year basically back in April with a, a Shanahan versus Schefter thing. You know, Schefter saying that they were going to draft uh, Mac Jones, and then they didn't end up doing that. So. I mean, this is this is exactly what we've been getting all year long: quarterback craziness. This week has also included, by the way, Dennis, a video of Jimmy Garoppolo opening up a, uh, a a bottle of water, plastic bottle of water, with his injured thumb, which was which was seen as evidence on Twitter that hey, his thumb's actually not injured after the game. Look, he's opening up this little twisty cap. So uh, we are definitely in theater of the absurd. Um, I mean that's what the NFL's become, and, and quarterbacks, as as Dennis noted early in this uh, podcast, the quarterbacks are the driver of that. They make everybody crazy all year long. Uh, so it's only appropriate that we're ending the season with some uh, some quarterback insanity. But uh, it's
2: going to be fun to watch. You know, as media, you know, we kind of like a little quarterback controversy, and we like talking about the quarterback because it's it's one of the most important positions on the football field. And, you know, we've been talking about quarterbacks since Jimmy Garoppolo's gotten here. I mean, he was God when he got here. Uh, and then slowly but surely, he's become a guy that, you know, people love or they or they hate. Uh, and then the team goes out and you draft a, a quarterback high. And now everybody wants to see this new guy. And, you know, I got to give it up for Jimmy, though. He's been very professional throughout this whole thing, you know. And, you know, and I think that that speaks to his character quite a bit. But, you you know, it's just it's just more quarterback drama, and we're going to talk about it until Sunday when the announcement comes out who's going to start. Uh, and then I guarantee you, at the end of this show, we'll talk about whoever's plan. You know, whoever was who was on the football field that position. You know, how he did and what he did, and if it if it was if it ended up in a win or or a loss. And I heard Jimmy Garoppolo say that he played with that thumb. You know, the rest of the football game after that one sack he got body slammed. Should have been a penalty, but he got body slammed, uh, and his and his comp and his thumb got uh, caught up. So, and we saw what he did in the second half with with some of those interceptions and those bad throws. So, you know, if it's if it's like that, you know, I I don't think, you know, it, it's good for the team if he's on the football field and Trey Lance gets his opportunity. So, quarterback controversy. We love talking quarterbacks. Uh, and the 49ers have given us a lot to talk about this season for
0: sure. And we'll have more to talk about for sure after Sunday. That's the next time that you'll be able to hear us, 49ers-Texans, texans one o five p.m. from Levi Stadium. It's uh, what we think is a decent, at least, 49ers team, uh, a playoff contender against a Texans team that's 4-11. and So, Uh, Even if this Texans team was an 11-4, we'd say this was a must-win for the 49ers, but it really, really is a must-win with how Houston has generally been struggling this year, but they're dangerous. They're coming off a win against the Chargers and a good quarterback, so 49ers might have... A challenge in front of them on Sunday as uh, this melodrama, the, the Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance drama unfolds <laughs> moving toward the playoffs. Anyway, for Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you all after the game on the Here's the Catch podcast.